Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to What's the Word. Listen, please, right now, don't waste time, just do it. Like, share, subscribe, hit the little bell, notification button. And uh, listen, sharing this is one of the easiest ways to share uh, the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is so easy uh, just by sharing it. Share the link on Twitter. Share it on Parlor, Share it on Facebook. Share the YouTube link. Share the Facebook video. All of these things, what people will see is the goodness of God that he wants to get to them, and it will bring them up to another level. We want your life to go higher. And that's why today we're talking about seeing big and growing big, how to see big and grow big. And if you did not see yesterday, listen, if you didn't see yesterday, I'm telling you, the power of God was flowing. God was really pouring out some wisdom and revelation. And we were talking about God's desire for us to increase. How, you know, the word says this in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, it says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But how can you put faith in something that you don't know you should be putting faith in? How can you put faith in something that you're not knowledgeable of? Hey, this is a promise. This is a character and nature of God. So yesterday we talked about if you're going to grow and increase in the things of God, you must know that God wants you to increase. And so we looked at some verses, and I'll just give you a couple of quick ones from yesterday. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Uh, Paul said this, follow me as I follow Christ. We see that the Holy Spirit who inspired that scripture showed us a path that we would follow the, the leading and the example of Christ. Another scripture says this. It says, follow those who by faith and patience inherit the promises of God in Hebrews 6.12. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to follow those who actually are winning, who are seeing the manifestation of God. Well, Jesus was obviously one of those, and he's our ultimate example. But look at what Jesus did. If we're going to follow him, let's do what he did in Luke 2. 2.52. It says in Luke 2.52, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. In other words, increase was the plan for Jesus. And if we're to follow him, increase is the plan for us. Put that in the comments right now if you would. Say increase is God's plan for me. Increase is God's plan for me. And see, we want to get this. We want to get this so solid and so secure in us that when the devil comes in and tries to tell you that he doesn't want you to increase, that you blow him out of the water. No, Jesus increased, I'm going to increase, Paul increased, the gospel increased, the kingdom's increasing, and I'm a part of the kingdom. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. I'm increasing today in Jesus' name. Don't let the devil, you know, don't let him, you know, talk you out of that. You've got to know that you know that increase is for you. And so what you see in Luke 2.52, it says, it doesn't say Jesus increased and he did it in the past. No, it says he kept increasing. In other words, he increased, 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 he increased. He kept increasing. He did not stop. And even to this day, that is his nature. And if that's what his nature is, and that's what he's doing, he wants it for you as well. Now, on what level are we talking about increasing? Uh, we talked about this yesterday in Ephesians 
chapter 3 and verse uh, 20. We actually started before that, and we said that if we will root ourselves in faith, hope, and love, we will begin to actually know what God has for us. And if we will know what God has for us, he lays some things out. So let's just read this. He says uh, in verse 17, Ephesians 3, 17 through 20, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love. So we have this foundation of faith, hope, and love, right? And we know from the full counsel of the word that hope comes into play here as well. But faith and love is this ultimate foundation. So when we work on ourselves, we set ourselves up for increase. When we work on our spiritual selves, when we deal with ourselves, we judge ourselves rightly, we give ourselves to be in a position to hear from God, we set ourselves up <clears throat> for increase. A lot of times people are out there, they're working, you know, all these hours a week. They're trying to do everything. They're hustling. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're doing everything else. And they're trying to increase, not realizing that ultimate increase is found in Jesus. Ultimate increase is found in him. And so when you know that God wants you to increase, then you put, give yourself to be in a spiritual position for increase, God can pour out that supernatural increase from heaven into your life. So then it says, once we're rooted in faith and love, look at verse 18, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, 19, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the to filled up to all the fullness of God. Now hear this. What level does God want each person reading this gospel, reading this letter to the church? What person does God want and what level does God want each person reading this to be filled to? All of the fullness of God. And yesterday we talked about, we ended it talking about a story about how big just space is, how big the heavens are. And I mean, and what we talked about was that if our solar system was the size of a quarter, all nine planets is the size of a quarter, and we laid it on the ground, how big is one galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy? The Milky Way galaxy would be as big as the whole North American continent. United States, Canada, Alaska, the whole continent of North America would be the size of the Milky Way galaxy if all nine of our planets and the sun was the size of a quarter. That is huge. And then we know that what we can see so far, there may be more, but everything we can see in the Milky Way galaxy, there are billions of stars. That means billions of solar systems and we know this already, that there are billions of galaxies. So you're looking at one solar system times a billion in the galaxy times a billion galaxies. And watch this. And the scripture says that as big as it is, God measured it by the span of his hand. So when it says in this verse 19 that he wants to fill you with the fullness of himself, how big is he wanting to increase you? 
God is unlimited. God is so ready to pour out. He wants to increase you. And we're not talking about increasing you on a simply earthly level. He wants to increase you on his level. And so, but in order to increase, we have to know him, his plan for increase, and how big he can make it happen. Now go into verse 20. It says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Hey, Scott, good to see you again. Thank you for that. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. What you see is God's increase in your life brings him glory. God's increase in your life brings him glory. Put that in the comments right now. God's increase in my life brings him glory. That scripture right here, Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. God's increase in my life brings him glory. When we see that, we, we don't allow the devil to get in our head like, well, you're just trying to be prideful and you just want uh, too much stuff. No, that scripture dissolves that deception. God wants to have the glory. And so if the devil can talk people out of increase, it talks people out of actually going after the glory of God. And that's what we want. That's what God wants. He wants to make his glory our glory so that he might be glorified. And so, again, if you didn't see yesterday, the foundation for all of this is there. You definitely want to go back. We'll put a link right here, a card or something, uh, maybe like right there. Let's try to do that. And uh, we'll put a card in there so that you can go back and watch yesterday, watch the foundation. But today I want to talk to you about, okay, now that we know that God wants us to increase, there's a major point right here I talked about yesterday that you've got to get. <clears throat> so as we go into this, how do we expand our vision for that increase? Because a lot of people can see, I know God wants me to increase, but they don't know how to start seeing further. And because they can't see further, they'll never walk in it. They'll never walk in that increase. I'll tell you right now, the studio that we're sitting in, uh, to some people, this studio might not seem like much. Uh, to us, it's a dream come true. And it's something that God fulfilled when he gave us vision several years ago. Several years ago, the Lord said, I want you to get uh, TV quality ready, right? In terms of video, I want you to get TV quality ready. That meant we got to have the network to support it. We've got to have the equipment to support it, the video, the audio, <clears throat> all of these things. Well, uh, we were doing pretty good on that. We started believing God. We sowed seed for it. We believed God to be TV quality ready. About a year after that, we were almost at TV quality. All of the TV channels everywhere switched to HD. <laughs> and when they did that, I was like, well, we were close. <laughs> but then it kind of moved beyond our reach at that moment. Well, we just kept believing God. Well, this year, at the beginning of the year and the end of last year, the Lord brought in all the harvest of the seeds that we had sown. We gave him what we had in our hand. We were doing what the Lord told us to do. We were being obedient and diligent. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He brought in all the equipment. And truly, what we have in our hands now gives us the ability to 
to be TV quality ready. And we're believing God to increase. We're not stopping here. We're believing God for even more increase now. We're saying, all right, Lord, what do you want to do next? We're believing God for increase. And uh, so it's one of those things. When you believe God for increase and you start taking action and confessions towards that increase, God will bring it to you. So we're literally sitting in a manifestation of the increase of God. He wants to increase you. Let me take you now uh, to Habakkuk chapter 2. And we were talking about this yesterday, verse 1, 2, and 3. Habakkuk chapter 2. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved or when I'm corrected. So one of the things that you see is in order, the next verse is going to talk about receiving vision. In order to receive vision, the first thing is you got to be in your place. In order to receive the heavenly vision of God that God wants to give you for increase, you must be in your place. See, years ago, would we be in this studio today if I had not been in the position to hear from the Lord the vision for this studio? No. And what happened? As the Lord, as we stepped into it, we didn't have this studio in our vision at that moment. We were in the place to receive an initial vision, to see as far as we could see. We didn't even have this building yet, so how could we see the studio in it? We didn't see that. We didn't know that. But as we received the initial vision, God then expanded that vision, showed us details, showed us we didn't have this daily broadcast. We didn't have any of that. You know, when we first got it, we weren't streaming. We weren't doing anything. And uh, now we're able to help other ministries and, and give them advice on equipment and software and all these things because we heard the vision and we took action on it. But not only that, we were in the position to receive the initial vision, but we were also in the, in the position to receive increased vision on it. And the Lord kept increasing and showing us more and showing us more and showing us more. And as he showed us more, the provision started coming in one thing at a time, sometimes quicker than we expected, sometimes slower than we expected. But the vision came to pass. And it'll come to pass for you too because as we put faith on it and as you put faith on it, God's not a respecter of persons. He'll bring it in. And so he says, I will stand on my guard post, station myself on the rampart. I mean, the ramparts are a higher part so you can oversee the territory. In other words, we, you don't receive heavenly vision from an earthly position. Put that in the comments. You don't receive heavenly vision from an earthly position. That means I can't do things physically and logically with the earth's logic and receive heavenly vision, supernatural godly vision. I've got to position myself spiritually according to how the Lord has given me. A lot of people, they're, you know, they're believing God or they say that they're believing God to do great mighty things for God. But they're ignoring God's way of being planted in a ministry thinking that they're going to receive some great vision. They can't even receive the vision that God wants them because they won't plant themselves. 
they won't be diligent to those places. They're not in a spiritual position to see a spiritual vision. You've got to be in a spiritual position to receive a spiritual vision. It doesn't work any other way. This is God's way. That's where his provision is in the spiritual position. Remember, provision means to see ahead of time. In other words, in order for God to get you a manifestation, he's got to get a vision to you. And that vision is the beginning of a provision. So he sees ahead to the manifestation he wants to get you to, and he sees everything that it's going to take from, from that point working backwards to now. And what he'll do is he'll get you in a spiritual place to receive a vision so that you can run with it and receive the manifestation of that provision to bring that vision to pass. But if, you're nev if you never get into the place to receive that vision, God, God can't fulfill that destiny. So I've watched people and I've, they're like, I'm going to have this great ministry. I'm going to minister to all these, all these people and do all these things. And I'll talk to them. I'll say, okay, where are you going to church? Who are you submitted to? Who are your mentors? Who are your leaders? Who, who, are you, who are you receiving that anointing poured down from the head through the people that God's given you as elders like the beard in Psalm 133 so that it can touch you? And then here's the other thing. If you're actually going to be doing this ministry and helping other people, you're going to impart who you are. If you're not submitted, if you're not connected, you're going to impart that rebellion into every other person. Right? And so people are not in a spiritual position to receive a spiritual vision. You've got to get in that place. M multiple times um, today in the studio, our, our really good friends of the ministry, uh, Stephen and Michaela Hurlbert, are here. And uh, we were introduced to each other in multiple ways. One of those ways uh, was with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. And I mentioned this yesterday. Many times I've heard uh, Dr. Rodney say this that people received, you know, million dollar business ideas, ministry, major ministry ideas when the anointing had touched them while they're rolling around under the anointing on the floor of a church. You know, that may look crazy to the world, but it is a spiritual impartation place of God's anointing for vision. Anointing for vision. One of those, if I remember correctly, is uh, Planet Shakers. Uh, you see uh, Planet Shakers, which literally is shaking the planet in worship all over the world, right? All over the world. That vision came in a meeting, a Holy Ghost meeting. They had positioned themselves, and they were sitting there ready for the vision because they were in a spiritual position. They went to the meeting. God poured out the vision and then gave them the provision to bring it to pass. All right, now... The, the thing about continued vision and increasing vision is this. I will keep watch to see what he'll speak to me in that, in that place. But here's the other thing. I'll, and I'm watching to see how I will reply when I'm reproved and corrected. God can't get a furthering of the vision or an increasing of the vision to somebody who rebels against his correction. Okay, so I'm thinking about like if I'm in a doctor's office for to you know check my eyes. 
If, if every time he tries to correct my vision, I move away from the piece of equipment, we're never going to figure out how to focus and zoom in to what I need to know. I can see an overall picture, but I'll never get details because I don't know how to uh, give myself to the correction. Okay, So I've got to stay in the place where God can correct that vision, focus that vision. I've got to be ready for that. And then uh, in verse 2 it says, The Lord answered me and said, and, Well, yesterday uh, I was having a conversation and um, we, I was talking with a, a gentleman and he and I were talking about he had been able to watch you know, the broadcast. And he and I were talking about how he's... He said, I want to know how to increase my vision. I can tell. I can sense. God has great big things for me. Great big things. How do I increase my vision? Well, at the moment, he's got a faith project in front of him, something he's believing God for. And uh, it has, at times, put pressure on his flesh and tempted his flesh to, like, get out of that faith project and everything. And uh, just like all of us. And uh, the Lord spoke very clearly while we were in our conversation. I said, do you want to know how to increase your vision? And uh, he said, yeah. I said, don't give up on your faith project. That faith project is going to stretch you. It's going, it's going to stretch your flesh. You're going to have to put it down. But how can you operate in the full destiny of God if you can't uphold faith when your flesh is being tested? In other words, vision will stretch your flesh. Vision will correct you. And an increased vision is going to, you want to know how to increase your vision? Win this faith project and don't, and don't fall. Don't, don't get weary in well-doing. That will increase your vision. You place yourself in a position for God to show you more. Because why, could, why should God give you more vision if you're not handling the place that you're at right now well? In other words, if you don't win in this current project, then why would God give you a new one? He's not, he doesn't waste things. He doesn't waste things. God is a good steward. So what are you doing now? I watch a lot of people, a lot of upcoming ministers. Their mind is always set towards when they have their own ministry. Their mind is always set towards you know my ministry, my kingdom, which we talked about the other day with uh, Barrett and Buddy. I think was that Monday, and uh, we talked about that on Monday about that. And if they always have my ministry and my kingdom mentality, here's the thing. God says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And so they're sitting in a ministry right now where God has placed them and planted them, but they're only 50% there. The other 50% is dreaming of and planning for the ministry that's to come. And that means they're not 100% there now. They're not doing that as unto the Lord. And they don't realize why is God, what we talked about was Luke 16. How can God give you what's your own if you haven't handled well what is someone else's? Okay, so how can God give you your own vision if you haven't been diligent with someone else's that's right in front of you? So a lot of times, yeah, I've reckoned it like this, is imagine that you're at a job and you get a new job, and so this is your final week in your old job, and next week you start a new job. You're, if you're doing everything as unto the Lord, and if your you know, end time is 5 o'clock on Friday, 
then until 5 o'clock on Friday, you ought to be 100% in that old job. You ought to be producing, not idle. All of your thoughts are not about that new job. But see, what we do is as soon as we, our flesh loves to do this, as soon as we see the new thing coming, like we're completely out. It's kind of like a vacation mindset. You know, you're getting ready to go on vacation next week. A lot of people are worthless. <laughs> you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the week before vacation, they are worthless. Why? Because they're not in it where they're planted at that moment. They're not 100% there. They're thinking about next week. That's stealing. That's stealing. And if God can't correct you and he can't stretch you and you won't handle where you're at right now, why should he give you somewhere else? God's looking for people that will be 100% in what they're called to do right now. Don't worry about tomorrow. God will handle that. See, that's the supernatural house that God is designed to build, not you. So all of your thoughts, all of your preparation, taking you off of what you're in right now is actually stealing your vision because you can't allow that vision to be increased because you, you're not in it fully here. So what we've got to do is make sure whatever I'm called to do, I'm 100% in right now, right here. I'm in my lane. I'm not switching lanes. I'm in my lane. I'm 100% in. And in that way, God can give you the vision. He can help you to fulfill that destiny. This is a... This is a a thing that I think is overlooked by many people. I've watched, I've watched the vast majority of people miss this point, and because of it, they can't go to the big things that God has for them because they never diligently handle well the vision of another. They never handle that well. All right, so now he says, the Lord, verse 2, the Lord answered me and said, record the vision, inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. We talked about this. you got to make the vision plain. you got to put it in front of you all the time. I said yesterday, Pastor J.B. Whitfield made this statement. He said, when you're tired of talking about the vision, the people are just now starting to get it. In other words, it needs to become so clear and so plain in your life that it, it comes out of you, that as soon as any pressure is applied, your vision comes out. That vision that God's given you, it comes out. And see, here's one of the things. If somebody's going to be planted in a church, and they're planted in the church, and you press on them, what should come out of them? The vision of the church where they're planted, or else they're not really planted. So how can God move them to their ministry if they've not handled that well? And so what you end up seeing is a lot of people move on into their next phase of ministry, but God never made the transition. They made the transition, so now who's building the house? Not God, but them. So now it's completely limited for the rest of their life. They will never fulfill everything that God has for them unless they repent over that and go back to the Lord and say, Lord, how do you want me to handle where I miss that? You know, this is it's one of those things that I've watched it hold up so many people. you got to make sure that your heart is completely pure and given uh, to the vision of God where God has you planted. So if you have a bunch of congregation members that are in a church, right? I could go through this, but basically in the Bible it talks about that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, right, it cannot produce. So Jesus said that. So... Here's what you see. If that grain that's being planted 
doesn't die to the vision of the soil where it's being planted, it will not produce. It's a biblical principle. But then over in Psalms 92, 13, 14, it says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord flourish in the courts of heaven. God wants us to flourish, but many people will never do it because we'll never allow ourselves to be planted. We hold on to our own vision instead of giving ourselves to the soil where God plants us. So now with that in mind, God, and then uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, but God has placed the members or planted the members in the body just as he desires. Not where we like, not where our kids like, not where it's comfortable to us, where God wants us to be. So the question is, have we heard that from the Lord? Are we sure about that? You know, do we know that we know that we know this is my place, or are we just going where my family went for so many years? Are we just going and, you know, well, this seems to be right to build my resume. That has nothing to do with the planting of the Lord. He'll build your resume because he's the builder of the house. Forget about your resume. Be planted. That'll build your resume more than anything else. Elisha, Elijah, right? Be planted. The disciples left everything, come and follow me. Let, be planted. Die to your own vision. Give yourself to a vision that God has given a man or woman of God. Plant yourself in that vision. Let the Lord handle the rest. Forget about planting all that stuff. Pray. If you think about it, pray in the Holy Ghost. But forget about building the resume. The best way to have your own vision and destiny and fulfill something supernatural, miraculous exploits of God in your life is to plant yourself. Plant yourself. Okay, now, and the, here's the issue. So, if we're writing the vision and making it plain and the congregation members are planted, then when they get pressed in life, what should come out of them? The vision of the field should be their vision, right? So that means that when we are leading churches or leading ministries or we have vision uh, even at our organization, we want to make sure that vision is so plain. So if I just start right now saying Boomerang Church, right? A house of love and prayer, living in abundance, winning souls, and making disciples for Jesus. All right. So you can see we have said the vision. And I just had three people in here uh, that go to the church. I just said Boomerang Church. They started saying the vision. Why? Because we've gotten the vision in them. Is it in them to the fullest that they need it? Probably not. That Now they know it, at least they can repeat it. Are they living it? Are they living it? Are, is every action of their life love? Is every, do they pray without ceasing? Well, probably not. They probably had moments of it. Uh, but is that vision not only being spoken and remembered, but is it being lived? Are they living in abundance and moving constantly towards abundance? Are they winning souls? Are they making disciples? Well, I believe they're all heading towards it, but how are they living in 100%? So we want to not just memorize a vision, we want that vision to become a part of us. And if we're going to have that vision come and God's going to continue to increase our vision, then we've got to be diligent with the one he's already given us. Okay? Verse 3, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. Listen, if you have a vision from God, 
God's going to help you bring it to pass. If you will be diligent, give yourself to that vision, God will bring it to pass. How do we increase vision? We stay in the spiritual position to receive a spiritual vision. We stay ready to be corrected and to focus on that vision. We are diligent with the vision that he's already given us. So number one, we get in a, a spiritual position to receive a spiritual vision. Number two, we stay humble to receive correction and focus on that vision or, or increase to that vision, right? Number three, we want, we want to make sure that we are diligent to the vision that we have now. In other words, we don't need to jump in, jump off, jump in, jump off. Be diligent to that vision. Number four, put faith in a God-given vision. Put faith in a God. It will come to pass. Okay, now let me, let me give you some more. Know this, that in Amos, right? I, lo I, love, I love this verse. In Amos 3, 7, it says this. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servant, the prophets. In other words, watch this. The Lord, the Lord has made it his plan and his purpose. I'm not going to do anything in the earth unless I let my people know. I'm going to let my people know. So the question is, will we be the people that are in the position to receive the vision? God can, get, God can get it to us. And once he gives us the word, all the power we need is in that word. But we got to get ourselves in the position to be ready for that. I love this uh, story. Let's go to uh, Genesis 13 and verse 14. Genesis 13, 14. One of my, personally, one of my favorite stories so if you know the story leading up to this, Abraham takes his nephew Lot with him. They move into this land that the Lord showed them, and they are so blessed that they are having a hard time actually staying in the land together. They are having a hard time staying in the land together. So uh, basically, Abraham tells Lot, listen, you choose where you want to go, and I'll take the other. Um, and so, you know, my opinion, Lot should have told him, no, you choose Abraham, but he didn't. Lot took that. He should have honored Abraham. Lot was only blessed because of Abraham. Abraham, you choose. <laughs> but he didn't. He took, he took what looked like the best land to him. Turns out later on it wasn't the best. But uh, <laughs> it just looked like it, like many things in the world. And so then as soon as Lot departs, verse 14 happens. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, 15, for all the land which you see, I will give it to you and to your descendants forever. Now there's a principle here. If you can see it, you can have it. Put that in the comments. If I can see it, I can have it. If I can see it, I can have it. And if Now, again, not if it's just a worldly vision, but if it's a God-given vision. If you can see it, you can have it. 
If you can see it, you can have it, right? We've got to get to the place where we have spiritual eyes to see. We've got to have faith-filled eyes to see. If we can see it, we can have it. I can tell you at the beginning when God gave us a vision to get TV ready, I couldn't see this studio. But as we went along and as we moved into a new building, I could see this studio. Right now, I can see a lot more stuff than the, just what we see in front of us now. I can see a lot more. But as I could see it, God started bringing provision to meet the vision. As you can see it, you can have it. But I want you to see this. I want you to see this point. Abraham's standing on a mountaintop, and what does the Lord tell him to do? He says, basically, Abraham, look everywhere. He says, Abraham, stretch your eyes to see. Stretch your eyes to see. In other words, stretch your eyes to think big. Stretch your eyes to see big. Stretch your eyes to see as far as you can see. Don't, don't just look one direction. Don't just look one direction. Look every direction. As far as you can see, and if you can see it, you can have it. Now, see, I'm thinking now, as a young man, I just would have quickly done a, you know, once around like this, you know. But as a, a guy who's learned a few things, I would have taken some time now. <laughs> I would have looked. I would have looked as many details I could see to the north. I would have looked as many as I could. What can I see? Is there something beyond that, you know? And then I would have turned slowly to the, to the east. What can I see? And everywhere in between there, I would have seen as much as I can see, right? Why? Because what I can see, I can have. I'm not looking over this thing quickly. There might be a detail that's very important that will open up or unlock a key to my destiny. I'm going to take time to see with eyes of faith. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to look south. I'm going to look west. I'm going to look everywhere in between. Matter of fact, if it's me now, I'm going to look in the details in the dirt beneath my feet, and I'm going to look above me as well. I'm going to look everywhere I can see what, Lord, do you have for me to accomplish for you? What do you have for me to accomplish for you? What do you have? I want to see it. Now watch this. As Abraham was faithful to look, the Lord gave him a second commandment that gave him detail. In other words, as he was faithful to look at the big picture, God then gave him a detail, a, a second commandment to show him the detail of what he actually possessed in his vision. And so look at this. He said, verse 16, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Second commandment, verse 17, arise, Abram, walk about the land through its length and breadth, and I will give it to you. Now, I want you to understand he could only see so much from standing on top of the mountain, and it was a big picture view. But did he really know what he had his hands on? Did he really know the details of the vision? No, he's telling him, listen, get in there. Pray out the vision. Walk through the vision in your prayer. Walk through the vision praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray out that vision. Spend time with me. Let me show you the details. As far as you can see, walk the whole thing, every square inch of it. See what I've given to you. See what's available to you. See what's in your destiny because if you can see it, 
you can have it. There's more than you can see, Abraham. There's more details you can't even fathom right now. But see, as Abraham was diligent with the first part, God gave him the second part. Take what's in your hand. Be diligent where you are, and God would enhance it more. And let me tell you something. Let's say that you are in a ministry and you know God's calling you uh, to do some things, calling you to preach and stuff like that, calling you to receive impartation and uh, be, you know, do some type of ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, uh, you know, deacon, elder at the church, serving in children's ministry, you know, cleaning up the church, anything, parking lot, ushers, anything, right? God's calling you to do something. Here's, here's the issue. Give yourself... Give yourself to that, and God will fulfill and bring details to the future. Yeah. He'll show you those things. He'll make them clear. God's not trying to withhold it, but many people are not in the position to receive it. But watch this. If you have a good godly leader, if you have a good godly leader, he's going to start receiving vision on your behalf long, probably long before you do. The truth is I've got people sitting in this room and sitting in the control room now and I know vision God's already given me for each one of them. Yeah. Each one of them. I know what they're supposed to do. And I'm, as a good leader, I'm not going to hold them back from that. I'm going to do my best to get underneath them and lift them up to it. As quickly as they can go in as most strength without losing. Without losing part of that destiny. I want to lift them up. I don't want to you know, raise them up too quickly where they lose it. But I want to raise them as fast as they can without losing anything so that they're always increasing. Listen, God's plan, remember this. He says this in his word. He says, I, I want you in every step of your life to be brighter and brighter moving to the noonday sun. In other words, every step should get more and more godly, more and more blessed, more and more vision, more and more details. That's what God has for you. That's what the Lord, but we have to be diligent to stretch our eyes faithfully, to, to take it one step at a time, walk one step at a time and look around so that we know what God's given us. And then God will give us the next command and the next part of the vision and the next part of the vision and the next part of the vision. And it says this, then Abraham moved his tent and came and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, which are in Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Now we're going to come back to that because this is important. But before we do, I want us to go to, uh, I want us to go to, let's go to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, and then we're going to go to 1 Chronicles 4 eventually. Oops. I didn't go far enough. Isaiah 54, I believe it's verse 2. And this is talking about future Israel. So this is talking about if you're born again, uh, it's talking about you and me. And if you're not born again, you can receive this today. Did you know that God has an inheritance for you? That he has great and mighty plans and he has no plans for your calamity, but to give you a future and a hope for you to fare well? He wants you to do good. Do you know that the Lord is not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly? In other words, God's wanting to get all our good stuff. This right here is talking about our inheritance. And I want you to see this. Isaiah 54, 2. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Spare not. 
Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and left, and your descendants will possess nations. Your descendants will possess nations and will resettle the desolate cities. In other words, he'll give you places you didn't build. Now, I want you to watch this. Here's, here are the command of the Lord. Again, increase. Enlarge the place of your tent. Now, a lot of people immaturely, with a low maturity, will say, oh, and they'll just go try to make something happen right now. What they enter into is immediately they try to build their house. Here's what I want you to say. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. What he's telling us right here, he's telling us, listen, don't sit still. Believe me for increase. And hear this, work on yourself. Work on yourself. I'm reminded so many times recently how Timothy was a pastor. He was the leader of a congregation. And, and Paul didn't say, all right, Timothy, here's what you do with this guy. Here's what you do with this person here. No, here, here was Paul's instruction. Here, work on yourself, Timothy. Study to show yourself approved. Work on yourself. A workman rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved, Timothy. Work on you. In other words, a lot of people, they want other people to give them their inheritance. God's plan is always, you work on you, I'll handle getting the stuff to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In other words, go after, you know, get your heart set to go after the kingdom first. Not your own kingdom, his kingdom. Right? Go into 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, above all things, I want you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Work on your soul, I'll get this stuff to you. Work on you and your heart towards the kingdom, I'll add everything to you. Stretch, listen, now, enlarge the place of your tent is not necessarily building a physical ministry or stretching out the curtains of your dwellings and spare not. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your pegs. It's talking about a stretching. It's talking about a growth, a moving. In other words, what's your personal capacity? What's your personal capacity? Can you handle when God asks you to give something that other people would never give, but you handle it well? Have you stretched your flesh to that place? Have you stretched your, your flesh to the place where it, the rain won't fall on it, but it'll be covered under the love that you've stretched yourself to? In other words, how's God going to give you a bigger dwelling if your love won't cover it and it'll get ruined by the weather? How, in other words, if you've not grown, and you can go into the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. Are you working on the fruit of the Spirit and stretching yourself so that God will, will be able to give you things that you'll be able to hold. And we've said this many times. The gifts of God and the anointings of God will make a way for you, right? It'll open the door for you, but your character or the fruit of the Spirit will keep you there. Many ministers have a gifting, and they think that that gifting is all they need. But many ministers fall because their character won't keep them where the gift opened up for them. There's a vision for you, but many people try to step into that vision without continuing to work on themselves and grow themselves and discipline themselves. God is a rewarder of them that 
diligently discipline themselves after the Lord, that seek after Him. So in order to expand your vision, you've got to work on you. You've got to make sure. So, you know, even as our church, as our church began to grow, uh, one of the things that we wanted to do is keep focusing on churches that were bigger than us and smaller than us and recognize. So if somebody comes, I'll still to this day say, you are, we did it yesterday on the broadcast. We said, look, if you're in this place and you don't know where to go to church, you definitely should go visit this one. That's not ours. What, that's focused on the kingdom. And that's a character issue because a lot of people, they just say, no, just come to ours, check us out. You're, we're where you need to be. And they don't realize their character is going to you know, sabotage them. Work on those pieces. Be okay. I don't care. If somebody feels led to partner with another ministry, fine. Be obedient to what God tells you. I don't have to have every person in the world partnering with our ministry. And, and that is a character issue. And that's also a trust issue of the Lord that he's our provider, not people. God's the provider, right? So this is stretch our tents, stretch ourselves. That's what the conversation you know, that I was having yesterday. You want, to, you want to expand your vision? You want God to take you to that million dollar and ten million dollar and billion dollar vision? Work on your character. Work on why are you doing this. Focus on the kingdom more than you focus on building it for yourself and your family. Focus on the vision of God and his house, and all these things will be added to you. Amen. Let's go to 1 Chronicles 4 and verse 4. Last verse today, I think. <laughs> Uh, nope, not four. Uh, verse 9 and 10. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, uh, saying, Because I bore him with pain. And verse 10, Now Jabez called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. Now, I want you to see something here. There was a, the book, uh, The Prayer of Jabez, that came out years ago. And every, I, I got the book. I don't know that I ever read it. But let me just break down something in this verse. Jabez called on God, who loves him and has a great plan for him and has a huge vision that's beyond all that he can ask or think. And he says, God, bless me indeed and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me. Now, I want you to see this. How can Jabez go to a supernatural godly vision without the character, without personal growth? It's not possible because you, you'll, you may achieve a piece of it, but you'll never keep it. So would God give you something that's going to destroy you? No, that's not in his plan. He has no plans for your calamity, so God's not going to give you something that would be calamitous towards you. That's from Jeremiah 29, 11. 
God's not going to give you, he's got zero plans for your calamity. He's not going to give you something that would cause uh, you tragedy, that would cause you in that way. That's not who he is. He loves you. He's got great plans for you. He's looking for to give you wealth, to establish his covenant, to, the power to create wealth, to give you wealth, and he, to give you this wealth, and he adds no sorrow to it. In Proverbs 10, 22, I believe it is. So he, he wants to give you stuff that he adds no sorrow to. He wants to give you an abundance but if God's going to advance you, you're going to have to grow to the place where you can handle it. I watch people and they're like, they want to do all these great and mighty things, but they don't know how to forgive the waiter for not filling up their water. They don't know how to forgive this. How's God going to give you a great and mighty name and give you this ability you know, to have an influence if you can't even handle a waiter who's slow to your table? You've got to work. We, we must work on ourselves. We must, and I want you to see this now, because when you start asking the Lord to bless you, what he's going to do is start working on your character. <laughs> if God truly blesses you, he's going to work on your character. He's going to work on your faith. He's going to work on your hope. He's going to work on your love walk. If God truly blesses you, think about this, all right? I'll, I'll say this. And well, before I say that, look at this, what it says next. He says, bless me indeed, enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me. And watch his next statement, which is the wisdom of God, that you would keep me from harm and that it may not pain me. Okay, many blessings, many blessings have pained many people. Not blessings necessarily from God, but money has pained many people. How many people do we know and watch on the news that are wealthy in, in worldly finances but miserable and rotten on the inside? God, that's not God's plan for you. He wants you to have it and be blessed. He wants you to be prosperous in every area, not just financially. He wants your heart, your soul to be blessed, to be prosperous. And so what you see is Jabez very wisely prays, Lord, help keep me from harm. Now, how is God going to keep him from the harm of a, of a worldly success? The only way he can keep Jabez from a harm of worldly success is that he builds in Jabez the character to hold it, and it won't destroy him. He has to build his character. So when we start praying for blessings, what we're literally saying is, Lord, fix me. Well, how's God going to fix you? He disciplines those that he loves. So when you start praying for the blessings of God, in order to walk fully in the blessings without it harming you, what's coming next? Discipline, correction, rebuke if necessary. He'll exhort you along the way and tell you, you got this, you're doing good, you're doing, you got this, you and I, we're going to make it. And it's true, you are going to make it as long as you yield yourself to him. But if you let your flesh take back over the throne of your life, well, I just can't do this. I can't stand this any longer. I'm not putting up with this, this person anymore. You have just disqualified yourself from the blessing that God wants to get to you. And so you say, Lord, bless me. Take me to a higher place. He says, okay. But it's going to cost your flesh. The question is, can you put up with the cost of your flesh? And the answer is through Jesus, absolutely. And a bigger question is when you get into heaven and you find out and God says, hey, you know, you're here, yay. 
But you could have had this, but you didn't give yourself. You remember when you know, I, I sent this correction into your life and you said, no, I'd rather do it this way because it's comfortable to my flesh. And, you know, they were just a pain to put up with. And I just, I didn't want to be their friend. They were just, they were, you know, they were hurting me. You don't want me to have pain in my life. And the Lord's like, hey, that person was there for you to love on. That person was there for you to love on and to grow from. You should have used it. You should allow me to empower you like a spiritual gym to work your spiritual muscles. And what you don't realize is I'm stretching you and enlarging your borders so that you can hold more of a blessing. Instead of using that person as an excuse to not go forward, use that person as a place to stretch yourself to work on you. And so we don't want to get up to heaven and say, oh, well, you could have done more. We're going to, that'll be an embarrassing day that we don't want. We want to say, Lord, I want to have accomplished everything that you gave to me. Everything that you laid out that I could have, Lord, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful for, with what I set in front of you. And so many times throughout ministry now and pastoring, I've watched as the Lord has put uh, people in a place to grow and to bless them and enlarge their territory. And they've rejected the blessing because they didn't want to put up with somebody. They didn't want to. Their flesh yelled louder than the blessing did, and they listened. I've watched it. I can't tell you how many times. And I'll be sitting there yearning with them, pleading with them, just keep on, keep on, keep on. And, you know, people can miss God and be out of place, and they can be missing it and everything. It's not about them. It's not about what they're doing wrong to you. It's about you. It's about me. It's about us working on ourselves. It's not about them. And I'll yearn and plead with people. I can't tell you how many people have turned away, and they literally step out. They'll be blessed, but it'll be partial. It'll never be the full because people don't completely give themselves to the growing. And, and here's what will happen. They don't walk about the land. You imagine when Abraham walked about the land, you think there were paths and roads that he walked through? For him to see everything that he had, he probably had to cut some trails. I can feel the correction. <laughs> and I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry at all because I know this will help. It helps me. I'm being, I'm being built up in my strength right now to be a better me, to be a better pastor because I, don't, I told the Lord, I said, I don't want to get to heaven and find out I could have done more. Oh, you did good, but you could have done more. I don't want that, Lord. So whatever growth it takes, whatever time it takes for me to get to the place where I fulfill everything you've called me to, Lord, Help me get there. Just like Jabez, don't let it harm me, Lord. Don't let it harm me. Don't let that success, don't put me in a place where it harms me. Let me be the best I can be with nothing held back. Lord, I want to, I want to stretch out. By faith, you've given me everything in Jesus, and to whom much is given, much is required. I see that requirement, Lord, and I will. Go after you with everything, and I'll utilize your grace to do things I didn't even think were possible. I'll utilize your love and your faith and your hope to do things that people don't think is possible. They don't think those things are even close to being possible, but I'll do it, and it'll be a testimony to you, and it'll be to your glory, Lord. But, Lord, don't let me miss it. 
That's the kind of heart we need to get, and God can bless that. One of the things I've seen over the years, watch this. This is something the Lord showed me. Because I was, I was praying, I watched as a um, very ungodly business sprung up. And I felt led by the Holy Ghost to bless that ungodly business. I felt it. I was like, Lord, and I, I prayed, Lord, and I didn't fully understand it. I just knew the Holy Ghost was leading me. Lord, bless that business. Bless that business. And, and you know, people would say, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> well, one thing, it, you can see this. Uh, we talked about it yesterday in Jeremiah 29, 7. It says, bless the city of your captivity. In other words, even though it's holding you captive, bless it, right? So you can kind of see a, a principle there as well. Even when the Lord came into the earth and he said, you know, I've blessed the earth. I'm pleased with men. I'm no longer holding sins against them because Jesus is here in Luke chapter 2, what the angel said. You know, I'm blessed. I'm blessing. In 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17 through 21, it says he's no longer holding those transgressions against the world. He's blessing the world even though they're ungodly. Now, how can he do that? Why would God bless that? Well, let me show you what a blessing is. If you're blessing something, if you're blessing something, the only way something is truly blessed is if anything that's not of God is removed and is replaced with godliness. So when I bless, if I bless a crack house, then I'm saying anything not of God in this crack house, which is the majority of it, be removed and let the blessing of God come back on this house. Let the blessing of God feel that. Let the blessing. So when you're asking the Lord, bless me, you're literally saying, Lord, remove everything, not of you. Work on me. And in order to have the vision to be blessed and to walk out great and mighty vision, a vision beyond all you can ask or think, we got to be willing to let the Lord remove the pieces that are not of him. And as he does that, you'll be able to uphold a big vision. You'll be able to see big and grow big and have an increasing vision to the fullness of your destiny that God has for you. Hallelujah. I'll go back as we wrap up today. This is, this is important. A lot of people, they miss this type, this part. Okay, Lord. Today, you've increased our vision. You, you've given us vision today on how to have a bigger vision. You've increased what we're capable of seeing by the, this word today. Go back, Genesis 13, 18. Then Abram moved his tent and came and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, which are in Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. He built an altar to the Lord. In other words, what he said was, Lord, I just I recognize you just increased me. You just blessed me. Today, I mean, in this story, he blessed them simply by giving them more vision. He knew that if I get vision, I'm going to have manifestation. Put that in the comments. If I can get God's vision, I can have God's manifestation. If I can have God's if I can get God's vision, I can have God's manifestation. So he says, in other words, these things are done. These things are done. And he goes to the place and says, Lord, let me honor you. I, I received an increase today, is what he said. Let me honor you by giving you an offering. 
And so we'll open it up today for people to give an offering. You don't have to. But this is a heart of God, and this is a way of God, and it's a principle of God. It says, Lord, I received a bigger vision today, and I won't be held back. Lord, I honor you, and I recognize that my blessing comes from you. My vision comes from you. My destiny comes from you. The upheld, upholding of my life, my vision, my destiny, my blessing, it's all in you, in your hands and in that foundation. Everything that I have and everything that I am, every provision, it's all you, Lord. And so, Lord, I honor you. Now, let me just say, don't, you know, we'll take up an offering here in a second for anybody that wants to sow. You don't have to, but here, here's what I want you to see. How about we just make an offering of ourselves? Lord, I'm yours. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You gave yourself for me so that I don't have to go to hell. You gave yourself for me so that I can walk in the blessing of God that through, through you, Every nation, every people group would be blessed. Jesus, since you planted yourself, let me give you the harvest of myself. Jesus, since you planted yourself, let me give you the harvest of myself. Set up an offering on, in your heart today. Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. Amen, Julie. She said, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours today. Whatever you tell me to do. Well, here's the thing. He may tell you to do something your flesh doesn't want to do. Your flesh is tired of. Your flesh is fussing about. Your flesh is reminding you of all the time. But then, then you to figure out who's actually on the throne. Your flesh or Jesus. Well, they're just a, a nuisance and they're just a pain. I know. I understand. I've had multiple ones. Many times. It's not about them. It's about what God's doing in you. Lord, I'm yours. You know, not just, let's, let's forget for a second about a financial offering. Let's just give them the offering of ourselves, of our lives. And, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. And, you know, give yourselves. I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, but an ongoing sacrifice, alive, acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual service of worship. It's an offering. It's a, it's a worship. Lord, everything, every thought and every action that I take towards you, is a worship of you. It's an offering to you. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the opportunity. We praise you and we worship you. Just pray this with me right now. Lord, today I, I, I renew it. Lord, I want your blessings. I want to be in your family. But I make myself your servant. I know I don't have to, but I choose it. I want to be a harvest of what you gave me, the life you gave me, Jesus. I want to give you my life as a harvest back to you to sow myself. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're the Lord of, of my life. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. And I believe you died for me, took all my sin, forgave me, went to the cross, bled and died, and went to the grave. And I believe that God raised you back to life. And when he raised you up and raised you out of that place of death, 
You didn't leave me there in the place of death, but with Jesus raised me up with you and seated me in heavenly places. And now, by Jesus, I'm alive, a part of your family, with an inheritance. And Jesus, you are truly the Lord of my life. You are making the decisions. I'm just being obedient. Pray this part. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit and fire to walk every way that you want me to walk. Empowered and a witness to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you so much. I just ask that you would bless every person, every person that's giving an offering of themselves today. Uh, also, anybody that's giving online, Lord, Lord, bless it in Jesus' name. Let it be supernaturally multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, running over, including the giving of their lives. Lord, let them have life to the full till, till it overflows. Lord, let them do things. Let them live such full lives because they've decided to give it to you. Lord, let their seed of their life manifest, multiplied over and over again while they're still on the earth, now in this time and in the time to come. Lord, let it be blessed in Jesus' name. Let it be blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. If you'd like to give today, you can give. They have it on the screen there. You can go to giveww.org uh, on Cash App. The cash tag is giveww. So, cash tag giveww. Facebook, type in hashtag donate and the amount, followed by the amount in the comments. And then there's PayPal, all the information's there. They'll scroll through so you can see it. We love you so very much. And I pray, let me just pray one more prayer. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Lord, expand their vision in Jesus' name. Expand our vision. Let us see the fullness of your vision. Lord, let your anointing flow into their vision. Lord, let it not be a worldly vision, a corrupted vision, but a heavenly anointed vision straight out of the Spirit of God of, from you yourself, Lord. Oh, Lord, show that vision. Release that vision. Step them into more details. Step us into more details of the vision. Increase that vision so that we can achieve it. We praise you and we worship you. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, we give you the glory and the honor. Let you be glorified by what you do through us. And Lord, let us not be held back. Lord, let us fulfill every part of your vision for us. Even, Lord, where there's parts... Uh, yeah, thank you, Father. Father, where the canker worm has stolen, where life has gotten in the way... And it feels like a harvest has been lost. Lord, I ask you for a supernatural restoration in the lives of people hearing this. Let no part be lost in Jesus' name. Let it be restored. Bring back that vision. Bring back childhood visions that you gave to people even when they were kids. Bring back vision in their youth, in their early adult youth, Lord. Bring back vision that they've forgotten. Lord, let it be renewed. Let life come back into it. That valley of dry bones, of dead vision, 
Lord, breathe fresh vision into it again. Let things where they made decisions and they missed it, Lord, as they repent and turn, let them receive a full redemption and restoration of that vision so that they might fulfill it. For with the vision that you give is a provision to make it come to pass. Lord, let it be renewed and let them walk in the fullness of your vision in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We love you so very much. Tomorrow we'll be back here. It's going to be awesome. Here's Barrett to wrap it up. Listen, we love you. I'll see you. I'm excited to watch that vision play out in your life.